Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Come on out, you guys, and and grab a seat. We've got some fun planned today because we're kicking off a brand new series. It's called Spill the Tea. And um, I know for some of you, you might not be hip with the language, but um, we're we're talking all things uh, relationships. What did you guys do behind I was me? holding my hand up for a fist bump, and Bianca's like, I don't, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's was, it was already off to a good start. That's me. Um, we're, we're excited because this series is all about relationships, and uh, we just thought, you know, a lot of times we'll conclude a relationship series with a panel and talk through your questions that you're asking, but we just decided we were going to change it up a little this time, and we're kicking the whole thing off answering your questions that you have sent in all about relationships, and I'm excited, so I hope that you are too. And the cool thing is, is that you actually get to participate today. So everyone pull out your cell phone for me. I'm going to set you up for this. And they're going to text the word T, T-E-A, remember, spill the T. You're going to text the word T to the number that's on the screen. And you get to participate in today's conversation, okay? This is a live and interactive poll. We want to know what you think. So if you absolutely love the answer, you can hit the amen and it will show us. If you like that kind of agree, you can do the hand claps, whatever you feel like doing. If you really are uncomfortable with the answer that we're giving today, you can tell us. We want to know. It won't we're, say your name. It, it won't, won't say your it name. Won't say that you thank didn't you like for, it. Yeah. Thank you for uh, it posts a picture of clarifying your face. that. If no, you have won't. resting jerk face, it will post your picture, right? No, I'm kidding. It won't do that. This is an anonymous poll, but this just makes it fun where you get to be a part of this, and we're going to kind of get to... Yeah, because ha- listen, we're going to talk about things re- with regards to relationships in, in every arena of life, and so we don't want you to tune out if you're not married and we're talking about marriage, or if we're, you're not single and we're talking about being single. So just like if you like the answer, you don't like it, just like legitimately answer it honestly. Um, It'll and, make it more fun. And then we might just like we might just get into a fight up here and see what happens. I mean, I think that's going to be entertaining. But uh, I just I wanted to take a minute and set the stage because we've had a lot of questions come in. Um, there's no possible way we could answer every one of them. And some of you guys asked some really good yeah. questions. And so we don't want to miss that. And so during the week, we're going to be diving in a little bit deeper into conversation. And um, it's going to happen on Zoom on Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Uh, the first week, this Thursday, is going to be all about parenting. So if you've got questions on raising little ones, elementary age, teenagers, my goodness, don't we all have questions on that? Um, jump on that Zoom. If you don't have teenagers, you don't. If you don't have teenagers, you don't have teenagers. Yeah. You might be scared about it, so you might have questions actually. And uh, so we're doing that this Thursday, and the following Thursday will be all about dating. So all my single people in the room Let's that go. have all the questions, come all on. I know you're here. I see oh, you. Oh, 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 Thank oh, you. Oh, and we'll oh. include the men too, not just the ladies. So it'll be great. Um, that's the following Thursday. And the last one will be about marriage. And uh, so if we don't answer your question today, just know that we're going to dive a little deeper midweek and, and just have some fun together in conversation. Um, but as we, I was preparing for today, and I'm going to have our panel introduce themselves in just a moment, I was just thinking about how challenging relationships can be. 
Anybody, anybody ever had a challenge in any relationship ever? Yeah. Thank you, some of you who are honest and put your hands way up in the air. Um, relationships are complicated. And, and we just kind of want to talk about that today. And we want to talk about what the Bible says about healthy relationships and just hopefully give you some kind of a handle um, that will relate to your personal life. Um, the scripture says this in Matthew 22, verse 36 through 39. It, it's... Uh, a group of people who are talking to Jesus. And they say, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But he followed it with this. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor could be anyone. But I think we live in a day and age where we've been um, conditioned to put a lot of emphasis on myself. And yet Jesus said, the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're going to talk about how to do that today. And um, before we dive in and before I have you guys introduce yourselves, I'm going to just pray. Is that good? good? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus, we just thank you for what you're doing in the room. God, I thank you that everyone that is here is here for a reason. I thank you for those that are tuning in online right now. God, I know that um, we all have questions about relationships. So today, I just pray you'd meet us right here. God, that we'd have fun and that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just have everybody that's on the platform, why don't you share just a, a moment about who you are, if you're married, if you're not, if you have kids, your season of life, just help everybody if they don't know you, get to know you. Nathan, kick us off. All right, so I'm Nathan, Nathan Isaacs. <laughs> I uh, married to my neighbor. Uh, my she just girlfriend. gave you a horrible look. She, use your phone to say if you like what he's saying, Becky. Yeah. I'm married to Becky for 18 years, close to 18 years now. She's my girlfriend. Um, so, uh, I love, I love my friend over there and, uh, stage of life. I've got like girls becoming teenagers, women. And so life is good. They fun. I'm enjoying, I enjoy living with free women. <laughs> Way to go. So, uh, and, uh, life's beautiful. And I think the key is just keeping God and, and learning from God. Yeah. And, uh, um, that, that works for me. It's great. Yeah. Well, hello there. Um, I'm Bianca. Hello, hello. Um, I am super single. And, um, like, not just saying, like, super single. I was in a relationship for 10 years, and I've been single for five. So I've been through every ebb and flow of, this, of the journey of singleness. And so I'm here to represent all my single friends in the room and answer whatever questions you guys have. So it's about to be a party up here. That's right. You got two sevens. Let's go. You must be a fan favorite. They said you're, you said your name, everybody cheered. <laughs> you Nathan said his class, name, and his guys. wife just looked at him with a mean look. <laughs> Do I need to introduce I'm Carrie. Yeah, I'm Megan's husband. And uh, we've been married for 20 years, but we have been together since March 19, 1997, when she was a freshman in college and I was in eighth grade. That is a and, lie. Uh, this is not real for all of you who get his job. I was a sophomore in high school. She was a senior. Hello, Cougar. What's up? He is a year and one month old, younger than me. Different decades, though. It's a oh big deal. Oh, my gosh. Kind of a big deal. Go That's ahead. it. That's all you're giving. I We've mean, got they know two who girls. I am. 
Uh, well, some of the, we might have new friends in the room. <sighs> We've got two girls. Brooklyn is 17. Avery is 12. Twelve. I knew how old you were. Avery. I'm sorry, babe. Uh, <laughs> And so we, we've been through a couple different seasons of life, so we're excited to talk about this, and, um, and we're just going to dive right in. So I'm going to skip around all the topics. We had questions on marriage, on dating, on friendship, on parenting, and so I'm just going to skip. Yeah, we did have everything. some questions on sex, and um, we'll keep it PG Tonight. in the room today, but you need to be on our Zoom call because we're not going to keep it PG there. So I'm just well, telling let you. let me explain what she means by that. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to be PG it's, on the Zoom. It's going to be completely appropriate. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just, we're not that kind of church. Uh, we're just going to talk about things that are definitely more appropriate for like sixth grade and up. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, Megan. <laughs> it's going... <laughs> so all the new people are like leaving or you're like really into this no, church. I can't so. recover. I can't recover. Okay, okay here's, here's what I'm going to start with. Um, Nathan... Because you're right here, I'm going to start with you. Um, okay, so question on marriage is, this person is asking, how do you deal with conflict when your spouse doesn't exactly think like you? Um, maybe, maybe different kinds of processors, internal versus external. Like, how do, you, how do you handle that and actually handle conflict in a healthy way? I think key is to conflict, of course, there's a disagreement and... How do you handle it? it? It is, I think the key is trop, stop trying to get your way, oh, right? Awesome. And so when you kind of focus on really trying to understand where they're coming from, because you want to go somewhere together. Yeah. You both want to go to the same place, right? You both want to achieve, you both want to succeed. And so it's like you have to work, and this is a principle that works in marriage, in your relationship with your kids, and at work, right? So everywhere. And so it's, it's hey, where are you coming from, honey? And so um, Becky and I had a big argument this first year of marriage. All the old men are telling you, hey, just say yes. Just say yes. And like, they're always right. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is like crazy. First year of marriage, supposed to be beautiful. Everything's going nice. And there's like no roses. There's nothing. This is chaos. And I'm like... Oh my gosh. And I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Becky would do like the silent treatment. I'm driving to work. She doesn't say one word. And just as I'm about to get out of the car, she starts talking. I'm like, dude, I need to get to work now. I'm going to be late. <laughs> like, you, you can't talk now. And I'm like, God, what do I do? And so God gave me a little nugget on how to communicate because I was lecturing her, trying to say, hey, this is how it goes. And she's putting up walls. And then God, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. And he gave me a little secret. And I think that's one of the things is that God is your helper. Yeah, and right. so you need to slow down and ask him what you need to do, not to get your way, but for you to move together forward as a couple in unity. And so God gave me a secret and that changed things around. And one of the things we had to learn was to start to share our feelings. And so it's not about what you want. It's, it's, and a lot of times there's conflict and you're trying to say, well, you're doing this. Yeah. Why don't you share how you're feeling? And so when I started to say, hey, when you do this, you make me feel like this. She started to get a different perspective. And that started to open the door for us resolving conflict. Yeah, right. And there's so much more loaded question. Yeah, it is but a loaded I think question. That, that's the, 
that that's the key for me that that helped yeah, us that's great and now yeah. you never fight anymore right <laughs> never. it's awesome yeah. it I took like it. five years for her to give up me closing the 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 cupboards and stuff <laughs> like that and but now i've changed i'm like you know what that makes her happy i'm gonna close the dawn yeah, come on yeah that's good so. that's good I, I think the thing that you said that stands out to me is that you you have to slow down and not just be trying to prove your point. Yeah. Um, I know that for people who are external processors, I am and Pastor Carrie is, so we we both are strong like that. Um, I think that we have to slow down and not be trying to defend why we're right. But I would say for those of you that are internal processors, it's saying, hey, I need a minute to process this, but actually coming back and having that conversation to pursue the same end, right? Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. I think one of the things you said, Nathan, that's so spot on is that most of the time we want the same things with our marriage, with our relationships, but we just have a different approach to it. And that's where we get a little bit off track with that. And I think that was so great slowing down to remember that, that we're heading towards the same target. So that's where Megan and I get into trouble is we want to hit the same target but we go at it from a different approach. Totally Hers different. is wrong and mine is correct. Oh. And so I try to help her see that. And when she gets on my level, we're winning. So that's oh my, my answer. Oh my gosh, that's not a good answer for no, these I'm people. No, I'm kidding. But, but, but slowing down like to remember, wait, we, we want the same thing in life. Let's try to figure this out and go at it again. In fact, if I can give a resource, if you yeah. really want like a, a, a handle for this, one of the best books you can read is called Crucial Conversations. Yeah, and so if you cool. haven't read it, buy it right now. It's on Audible, on Kindle, paperback. Uh, you know, I think it's on Papyrus as well, and it'll it'll be a game changer. For and you. that's good for any relationship. Any that you're relationship. In. Yeah, that's you, awesome. Employee, employer, friendship, all the above. So good. Okay, let's talk for a minute about dating. Um, I had a handful of questions come in, and I just combined them into one. But um, it, it was thoughts of from a single individual just saying, "How do I handle the thoughts of?" Like, I'm not good enough, and maybe I'm not married or I'm not dating right now because of my past mistakes, or maybe, um, maybe I'm just not marriage material. Like, how do, I, how do you battle those thoughts? Because there's a lot of pressure. I mean, you probably get asked this all the time, Bianca, like, why are you dating? Like, what's your love life like? You probably get that a lot. Yeah, before they ask me my name. Yeah, so, yeah. that's good. <laughs> so, so speak to that for a minute. How do you, how do you battle that? Uh, well, I think the answer to um, if I'm enough, the answer is no. I don't think any of us are. I think when we're weak, God is made strong. And with him, we are not enough, but we're more than enough. Um, and so I wanted to read a verse. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 in the Passion Translation says, But he answered me, My grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weakness, for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living within me. And I think that we try to do way too much on our own, and we try to compensate and we try to put ourselves in this race of comparison of people that we see on Instagram and the season of life they're in and a season of life that we should be in and that we forget to work God into that journey with us and I think we need to learn how to live a life of full surrender um, to know his word and to live confidently and boldly in what that is because God's not fixated on our past wow. only we are yeah. and so um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is if you could erase all the mistakes of your past you would also erase all the wisdom of your present wow. and so 
after being in a 10-year relationship, there were moments of pain, and there were moments of genuine joy, and there were moments of hurt and sorrow, things that we did really right and things that we did really, really wrong. Um, but I can honestly say that I would never take back a single moment of that relationship because in that, I learned how to love. I learned how to be loved. I learned that I desire more than anything to have a Christ-centered foundational relationship. I learned how to heal. I learned how desperately I needed the church and the community of the church. Um, and in that, I can't do enough, and I can't say enough, and I can't be enough for one person, but God can be. And so having him in the center of your relationship doesn't ever... It's, it's the most important thing that you can do when in a dating season and looking for a future spouse. Yeah. Come on and preach, Bianca, right? That was so good. I hope we're getting some uh, You only got two likes and three hand claps. So. Oh, okay, there we go. 12, oh, 14, it's guys. going up. Oh, my yeah, God. One of the things that you said that I think is so good because you were in a 10-year relationship and you, and you were not married, yeah. but it, it felt like a divorce. It, yeah. And um, I know that maybe there's some of you in the room that are walking through or have walked through a divorce and, and can identify with those feelings, just the conflicted um, emotions. And so I think, Bianca, you, you spoke to the fact of that, like, we don't need to be minimized because of our past right. or the, the story that's behind us. Like, God is strength in the middle of our weakness yeah. and right now present with us. Did you want to add? Yeah, I just think it's important to note, too, like, when, when you look at the early church, the first century second and third century church, singleness was actually yeah. the most desired. Yeah. Uh, it was because they, there was this ability to be fully devoted to God in every way. And around the third century, things shifted. And then it shifted to the greatest way to be a follower of Christ is if you're married. And then there, there was a shame assigned to singleness. Yeah. And I think that that, that we, we need to help undo that yeah. because there's something powerful about just being who you are in whatever season you're in. Some of you need to stop shooting all over yourself. Yeah. Like I should have done this. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop shooting all over yourself. Stop shooting. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in, but to, to just start, stop, stop saying I should have done that, I should have done this, I, if only I had, and, and, and start going, okay, what can I do today that's gonna impact tomorrow? Yeah. Regardless of your marital status. Yeah. Because that's not God's heart for you. Yeah. I and just because you went that way, I'm going to just come and stay on the dating question for a minute because one of the questions was, how do I embrace and enjoy my season of singleness while managing a desire for marriage? So I think you were kind of taking us in that direction. So Bianca, you've, you've kind of come to a place, I think, where you've been able to celebrate being single. So maybe just for a moment. Well, we do have our phone number up here. If there's any single guys. That's right. That would I'm kidding. I, I'm got, kidding. I, I got a spot for that. Oh, oh gosh. Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. How about that? that? Yeah, I was going to go right into scripture, and I, I think I still have that. Thanks <laughs> for the shameless plug. Um, I actually just got this verse uh, tattooed on my arm, but it's James 1, 2 through 4. Um, this is the Passion Translation, but it says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. Um, I know for me personally that um, I'm mentally too busy living in the future, that um, I'm only physically living in the present. And that's a problem because I'm so focused on where I should be that... 
I can't even let God mold and move me on where my current season of life wow, is because wow, all wow, I'm doing wow. is thinking and living in this futuristic life that isn't even wow. here yet. And so um, don't waste the waiting season That's right great. now. God, God wants to do something actively in your life today and not when you're married and when you're in a relationship. Wow. Um, and so I wrote here, um, learn how to choose joy and find contentment and peace in your present um, because we're never going to be able to experience our future because when we get there, we've conditioned ourselves to live for what's next and what's now. Yeah. And so stop looking ahead and just look up and incorporate God into your current season of life and ask. And I've been praying so desperately, God, what do you want to do in the current season I'm in? How can I steward what I have in my hands and now? And, and what are you actively working in me? And I think in that he will be faithful like he always is. And you'll be able to find joy in, in your present and learn how to be content in so where good. you're at. That's so. so good. Thanks for that. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah. So good. Okay. I'm going to ask a parenting question because we've got some parents in the room. Um, Nathan, share just a thought. And it can be um, you've got two girls and they've just, they're just kind of entering into the teenage years. So you've, you've navigated the early stages. And maybe just share a thought on, on parenting. And what is one thing that has been really important for you and Becky as you've been raising two girls? I think important is to actually... Because you, you can, just like with your spouse, you can end up cohabitating. And so you're cohabitating with your kids mm. and not really discerning or, or, or kind of knowing where they're actually at. Um, and it's, it's hard. Like the whole idea of, of the churches that we are relational, right? And we do things together. And many things are just separating. Oh, there's this generation gap. And that generation gap is just... You, you're not knowing how to relate to your child anymore. And so I think important is that you deliver it. We do our family meetings on Sundays, and sometimes we flake on that and we do whatever. But I think it's important just to spend that time and, hey, how are you doing, Abby? What's happening? How's this going? Um, recently, we were in the car, and they had a friend with them. And um, what's the song that was playing? It's not a PG song. Well, at the time, the song... It was, it was the explicit version of the song, and it was um, the Megan Trainer. It's all about that bass, right? And I'm like, hey, you love this? Hey, let's talk about this song. I was like, oh, dad. And, uh, and we spoke about the song and all this, the skinny, you know, if you know the song, the skinny bees. And we spoke about, hey, Jessica, you a skinny bee. Like, hey, how do you feel about this, you know? And, uh, and so we spoke about it, and we spoke about all that stuff. And, but it's important that you relate. And so it was funny. We, um, Abby just changed schools recently, and Becky and I kind of felt something was off, but we never kind of followed the Holy Spirit's prompting about something's off. And we changed schools, and within like two months, we saw our old Abby came back. And we started to speak to her more about what happened. And it, it was that at the previous school, she had a teacher that was condescending, sarcastic, and Abby started to retract. And there was a bunch of other history we won't go in now. But we just saw Abby blossoming. And so, so I think it's important that you, you actually, hey, if, if God's speaking to you, there's a little small voice speaking right. to you, you guys need to listen to that voice, you know, and, and, and say something's wrong and, and kind of be deliberate about making, having a conversation with them and sharing, being vulnerable, sharing yeah. how you messed up 
and and wow. and and making letting that be a gap and they feel okay mom and dad messed up and all right i can talk about my situation yeah, that's so good i i think some i see a lot of times um parents those of you who are raising teenagers i see a lot of times um parents just kind of step back and abdicate their role at that point like just like oh, i don't really know how to relate and and just kind of like take a seat back and i think what i hear you saying is be intentional like create those times for conversation um, i think know what your what your child's love language is um you know there's ways that you can find that out there's the tests online and 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 know what it is because for brooklyn brooklyn's a quality time person and so i know that sometimes it's just spending some time going to eat or driving in a car whatever it might be that allows us conversation and um, Avery's physical touch and words of affirmation and she needs to sit right next to you watching a movie and um, and I know that about my kids and so I would just encourage you do some research know that and don't step back because they're a teenager and because because you feel like they're pushing you away like it's still your job to wow. be the parent and so that would be a thought I would throw out there and hey it. teenagers like uh, come on we don't we're, if you're a parent if you're like the oldest teenager like they, your parents are just learning too so like help us out give us some insight on what you're walking through and what's challenging and uh and, and we don't we don't get it all all perfect all the time either so grace can go both ways yeah that's great okay babe talk about marriage and um here's a question that came in how do you keep the spark alive when you've been together for a while we've been together well, for 20 years hold on you gotta hear the whole question then you can answer it uh, I'm bossy today. Uh, how do you keep the spark alive when your wife is bossy and when you've been together for a while, um, when you're super busy with kids, um, or how do you avoid slipping into cohabitation? Gosh. Well, it's all about that base, about that base, <laughs> no trouble. <laughs> so glad Nathan said He set the, you up. I'm so glad you just said the letter B. It didn't actually say the word, so that's great. Uh, man. The, it's easy to keep the spark alive with you, baby. Oh, wow. um, no, you know, I think... Um, I, I don't always do great at this, if I can be honest. Like, it, it's... If, you, if, if anybody's ever told you that you got to find balance in life, they don't know what they're talking about. There's no such thing as balance. Yeah, That's true. like this idea that you finally get to a place where everything is flossing and working perfectly. And that's baloney. Like, because sometimes, especially if you have a family, sometimes your marriage is great and one of your kids is doing great, but the other one's not. And, and if you're single, sometimes your friendship with this person is awesome, but there's drama with that. It's just, there's not a balance. So it's this constant ebbs and flows, like the waves of an ocean. And so sometimes I'm not great, great at this. Sometimes I am. But the thing that we come back to is uh, making sure that we have two types of meetings in our week. Do you hear that ring, Scott? I can, that's all I can hear right now. It's all about that bass. And uh, two meetings. We have a family meeting and we have a date, uh, date night. And uh, the family meeting is where we have our biggest fights because we're talking budget, we're talking weekly schedule, we're talking things that we're struggling through. And date night is where we actually just lean into each other. And we have five date questions that we ask. Every date, uh, we've shared them before. I, I, we have to, we forget them sometimes. We pull them up on our notes. But like the first question is, what do you like about me? That's my favorite question. And so I like to do the second one with, what's the other things you like most about me? <laughs> but we just start off with that affirmation. Then the next question is, tell me something new. And then the next question is, hey, what is a complaint with a request for change? So like, what's something I can work on? 
And so what we're doing is being intentional with our time together. So we, we separate the family meeting versus the date night. And you, you have to do that because otherwise the date night turns into a fight night. And if you're like me and my wife, it's like, an, it's like we, we put uh, Logan and Mayweather to shame with how good our fights are. Like YouTube needs to do a special on us because we can like legitimately get intense. We don't hit each other. She hits me. Pray for me. Uh, <laughs> you're a liar. But we're, 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 very, we're extroverts in how we communicate. We're both aggressive in personality. And so we had to separate those two. We had to have, like, talk about business stuff, if you will, in one meeting and then date night in the other. And that, that takes precedence. Yeah. Um, and, and so we don't let things come up uh, yeah. and get in the way uh, of that because it's a yeah. priority. I think you got to be intentional. I think that is probably the biggest thing is being intentional. You know, we've been married for 20 years, but we still date each other. Every week. And um, I think that's a priority. And, and then again, you need to be on the Zoom call when we talk about marriage because we need to talk about sex. Like that's a part of marriage and it needs to be a part of marriage. God designed marriage for that. And so I'm not going to dive deep into that right now. It needs to be spicy too. It does. It, it doesn't need to be boring. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about intimacy. Actually, I, I'll just tag on to this and either Nathan or Carrie weigh in on this. Um, for relationships where one spouse is not naturally. My kids are like, oh my I know. They're, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> sorry, teenagers. Um, this is how you got here. Um, That's exactly anyhow. right. <laughs> That's exactly Real quick there. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, so for relationships, and either one of you, you guys can just dive in. Avery can't breathe right now. I'm sorry, honey. For relationships where one spouse is not naturally inclined towards intimacy and the other is, um, how do you navigate or improve the situation so that one person doesn't feel like they're just always asking for or begging for intimacy and the other person doesn't feel like they're just always like conceding to meet their partner's needs? That's, you that's the question. First? Either one of you. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I think for... <laughs> I'm like, how do I, I say there. it? Nathan I was like, don't few, ask that there's question. There's a few things that, <laughs> uh, that I learned about. Like, um, love is about giving. So I start with that. Like, love is about giving. So it's not necessarily about me getting satisfied. Yeah. It's about me starting to, to actually give. And so... You could start your wooing, if you want to use that word, like a few days before. Hey, babe, you texting her on your way like to that. work. Texting. Hey, I love you. You're sexy or whatever, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, but it starts with your, 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 your partner feeling loved, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and understanding that you value them. And so that starts, that starts here, right? And, uh, and so as you like, I remember one of our friends, um, he said he tidies the house and that makes his wife feel, oh, this is an awesome guy, you know? And so he does that and she gets excited. How many like, ladies oh, would be excited man. about I a watched, tidy I house? Watched would you some of like, Gentlemen, pay see, attention right see, now. All right, guys, get a clue. You, you might be married 20 years. I just helped you out, right? So there's, there's something. And so just working from that right so love is about giving and then i think um just just starting with that that's and, good. and and that's a that's a start that's great. So clean, clean the house right yeah no i think that that's i think that what you said is spot on nathan i think that when we're in our relationship uh to try to figure out what's in it for me we're already losing we're fighting a losing battle 
And so I think that often we, we still can do things that seem selfless, but from a selfish perspective. Wow, that's good. And so I think that when we prioritize our spouse, what that, what that does is it's saying, I'm putting your needs above my needs. And that more often than not creates a reciprocal environment. And if that is still lying dormant, then that means you need some outside help and perspective. Yeah. And so, you know, I, 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 one marriage counselor that I love said, the key to a woman's part is through her heart. And uh, I love that statement. <laughs> like you've got to, for, for me, is that okay? So, such an awkward statement, well, actually, and, but and it's the, true. And the flip is, the, the reverse is true as well. The key to a man's heart is through his part. So what it tells you is it helps you understand how to actually access. So I know that Megan, she needs connection. So what she needs is Monday morning walks where we go and she just gets to just just vomit all the things that she's thinking about and they don't always connect and it's a lot of details. That's right. And I have to just like kind of listen, but she needs that connection. And, uh, and so I know that. So if I want intimacy with Megan, then intimacy begins with her feeling connected more than it is. Can I light some candles and put on some Sade? Come on, somebody. And uh, anybody know some Sade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that would be my okay. encouragement. That's good. I, I've got a couple more questions I want to hit before we like fully finish this. So um, you can. I think another thing you, you kind of got to be aware of, and this is even when you dating, courting, whatever you call it, is, is the I don't think history. we call it courting since yeah. 1956. Uh, right. and, and, and just the history of your partner. And um, people have different things that happened to them from children, might have been abuse. And that's going to alter your experience yeah, intimately, right? And so you need to be sensitive to that's that. Great. And, and kind of, you're going to have to educate yourself for that. Because if you yeah, love yeah. that person and you're going to pursue them during that dating relationship, you need to equip yourself on how to navigate through that. That's great. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just, yeah. just a challenge there. Um, That's great. That's great. We don't have time to unpack that. But, I know, but yeah. maybe we'll do that on the Zoom yeah. call because that was really, that's great yeah, insight. That's um, one of the questions that rolled in on dating, literally, you guys, actually not one, like ten. Um, where do we find single, godly, attractive men? Rhetorical, but also 1,000% a real question. So all the single men in the room, I'd like you to go ahead and stand oh to your feet. Gosh. I, I'm teasing, don't, don't, They're don't do it. They're not going to, I promise you. I'm teasing. Um, but for real, I'm just, we can talk more about that later, ladies. But um, how active should I be, this is not me, but the person asking, in the process of finding a spouse? Do I just sit back and wait for God to make it happen? Or is there something that I should be doing? Thoughts? Yeah, that's a great question because I've been on Bumble like a gym membership for the past five <laughs> years. If I'm, if I'm being honest. Not everybody knows People, what Bumble is. Yeah, uh, Bumble That's, and Hinge are uh, dating apps. Yeah. And so uh, where you're just like swiping aimlessly. Uh, but <laughs> just me. I'm, they said to be honest. And so uh, there, there's been seasons where I've felt God really press in and say, I want you to pursue me and not a person. And in those seasons, I've had to really search my heart about why I'm on a dating app. And there's been seasons where I've been in a really healthy place and I'm, I really am pursuing just 
things I've been praying for in somebody and, and searching. But then there's also times where I've had to get accountability for why am I on a dating app? And am I doing it because I'm feeling lonely in this season? Am I doing it because I need affirmation from somebody else? And so in those seasons, I think we just need to be careful of why we're on dating apps and how we're pursuing that kind of, that kind of relationship. Um, I think what I've learned about myself is that God is always actively working, even when I'm not on Bumble and when I'm not on Hinge. And what that means for me is that I can actively work on pursuing God in those seasons. I can, I can actively read my Bible. Um, I can actively partner in prayer with him. But all that stuff while he's working takes work on my behalf that doesn't look like swiping. And so I can work at patiently waiting with him. I can work at actively having conversations with friends in my life about what dating means and what does that future look like. And so I think we can be active without being on an app. And so that's, that's I don't have a great answer to that because I've, that I've definitely answer. been yeah, that is a great in answer. that season and currently I'm in it. So. Yeah, no, I think it's a great answer. Nowhere in scripture it, do we see uh, it modeled that we should just wait and do nothing. Yeah. There's, we actively wait. Like mm-hmm. you think about in, in the Old Testament, Elisha uh, was waiting to take over the role of the prophet from Elijah, yeah. but he was plowing the fields and his head was up looking for the prophet to walk by. And so I think never in scripture are we like, no, just sit back and let's wait for the blessings of God to follow my life. No, he says, no, when you give, it will be given to you, right? He says, when you judge, you will be judged. So there's never a time where we just passively sit back and wait. We're constantly leaning in and saying, God, what do you want to do while you're working internally? But I thought that was a great answer. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know we're running out of time, and I, I'm going to give a couple teasers for you guys on some of the questions we'll hit on Zoom, but before we, before we fully transition out of this, I think one that stood out to me in people talking about friendship was, um, and this I think applies to dating and marriage too, um, how can I be truly authentic with others when I've been burned or hurt in relationships before? How do I avoid putting up walls? And I think that that relates because some of you in the room, any of us might have challenges in our marriage or a place where trust has been broken. And then how do I actually trust again in the future or in a friendship I've been hurt or betrayed? How do I actually be authentic and let somebody in? I I just think that relates in so many areas. So I'm not directing this to any one of you specifically, but any of you can weigh in. Yeah, there was, um, before I met Becky, I had this I think it was like my second beautiful relationship, this girl I went out with for three years. And every Friday I used to buy her a card and flowers and took it there. And I think after three years she dumped me. <laughs> and, um, and then I made like this oath where I said, I'm not going to do that again. Wow. Waste all this money wow. on the girl and all that kind of stuff. Um, long story short, I met this hot American babe came over <laughs> and uh, Becky. And during that like time of dating, I never bought the flowers, a card or anything because I made that oath. Mm. Wow. And so I robbed her and I robbed myself wow. from a blessing. And so I think it's important that, and, and even in, then continuing to our first year of marriage, we kind of knew not to do it, but we did it where there was like, you mess up, you argue, 
conflict, right? And we say, you're gonna do that again? And we start doing this ultimatum thing because what, what does that lead to? Whenever there's an ultimatum and we set an ultimatum, if you do that again, we're looking for consequence, which opens the door for divorce, right? And then you start using the D word. And so we have to say, no, you know, what we do wrong, it's, we can't keep count. We, can't, we just got to stop that. And so forgiveness is key in you building relationships. I had to let that thing go where that girl kind of hurt me because I was like giving and loving, you know? And so that became, becomes a hint. And so it's practicing forgiving. And I like to say that forgiveness is making yourself vulnerable again. Wow. In other words, opening up yourself to get hurt again. That's forgiveness. Yeah. And so both in your relationship with your spouse and both in, in, in trying to make other relationships. That's so good. That's so good. Did you want to answer? Yeah. Go. Um, I think when I think of that, I think that I've had to learn that people are in your life for a season for a reason. And it's so easy for us to be fixated on the negative and the hurt and the pain that we kind of forget all of the good times, the milestones, the memories, and the things that we've made and the things that have shaped us and groomed yeah. us that we've learned from, that how we can grow from those relationships. And so I think when we get the opportunity to choose joy, like we were talking about earlier, and we get to we get the opportunity to choose to reflect back on the positive experience that we have and bring those into new relationships, friendships that we make. And so every lesson is a lesson learned. And so there's things that you can take away from that that yeah that sucks and that hurts and now that now I'm going to be aware of things that I'm going to look out for but I should never create walls and blockades because that that robs myself and that person like Nathan was saying about truly knowing who I am and, and me having the opportunity to get to, to get to know somebody that God's put in my life for a specific reason yeah. and so, so good. I would call that thick skin and a soft heart yep. Um, that's kind of been the greatest ministry advice we've ever had given to us was how to have thick skin and a soft heart. And I think that it's just, um, it's offering grace, it's offering forgiveness and keeping my heart soft mm. because, uh, every relationship can add something beautiful to my life. And, um, and even when seasons change and relationships change, I can look back on what I was grateful for. I don't have to look back and focus on the negative and look forward with expectation for what God wants to do in new relationships. Did you great. want to touch on that? Yeah, I think this is a hard one for all of us in this room, regardless of your current relationship status because you've probably all been burned by someone before. And it, it only really hurts when it's the people who are really close to us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When it's somebody that's like an acquaintance, you're like, oh, okay. I don't care if I ever see you again. Right? I mean, y'all don't say that, but that's what I think. And, <laughs> but it's the ones that are close that we're just like, oh, yeah. this one hurts. And I just think we have to go back to scripture. Scripture never gives us permission to close a forever door on any relationship. Now, in some extreme cases where there's abuse involved, we don't need to, that doesn't, the scripture doesn't tell us to reestablish relationships and put ourselves back in unhealthy environments, but we never close a forever door. The, the, the crux of the gospel, the, and, and Nathan hit this, the, the, the epitome of the gospel is forgiveness. It's the fact that while you were dead in your sin, so Jesus forgave you with his life. That's the crux of the gospel. So that is our highest goal. Yeah. That I will never close a forever door 
and I'll always choose forgiveness. And then Paul kicks it up a notch and he says, our mission is to actually reaffirm our love to them. And so it does not say that there is a time frame for forgiveness and reaffirming our love. God is equally gracious towards us in that. But we actually have to be taking steps towards forgiveness and reaffirming our love, which means you need somebody outside of yourself that can help you identify if you're taking steps. Somebody who's pulling you towards your calling. Somebody who's pulling you towards your purpose. Somebody who's pointing, come on, you, you can walk through this. Baby stepping towards forgiveness. And you want that. Because the Bible says we reap what we sow. Good measure. Yeah. Pressed down. Yeah. Shaken together. And running over. In other words, if we choose to not forgive and to not invest with trust, the same thing will be measured back to us but that doesn't make it easy it just means we have to make a conscious decision today it might mean forgiving that person again today for the thousandth time (laughs) the disciples went to jesus and were like hey how many times do we need to forgive the one that wrongs us seven times and jesus said no 70 times seven which is like 490 so in other words there's we never run out of this and you want that for your life because on the other side of you choosing to forgive, look at me in the eyes for a moment, is your freedom. You think you're holding someone else in bondage because you're still ticked at them, because they hurt you, they abused you, they took advantage of you, but the only one who's in bondage is you. And you choosing to forgive liberates you. In fact, that might be what is holding you back in your marriage right now, is you're holding on to something that happened three weeks ago, three months ago, three years ago, or maybe like Nathan in a relationship that has nothing to do with the person you're with right now. It might be the reason that you're still struggling in singleness because you're holding on to a past hurt so much that anytime people get around you, they only get the calloused version of you. And I'm just telling you that we, we want to choose forgiveness. We want to choose forgiveness. So good. So good, right? <laughs> You know, I'll come back as we close out and give you a teaser about some of the other things we want to talk about because there were some really great questions that came in. Um, Some questions on how to navigate relationships and friendships with people whose values and standards don't align um, with your own. And... um, and I think we're going we're gonna to dive into that on some of those Zoom calls and, and dive a little deeper um, on those conversations. But I just want to linger where Pastor Kerry landed us in talking about forgiveness, you know, and, and really expressing to us that every single one of us, um, every one of us has made mistakes. Um, there's not a person in this room who is perfect. If you think you are, like, I mean, wow. Um, <laughs> I love you all, but there's not, we've all made mistakes and we're all desperately need Jesus. Um, the Bible says that, that he paid the price for our sins so that we could have relationship with God because God desires relationship with us. You see the, the whole concept of talking about relationships with one another, whether it be friendship or marriage or dating or whatever it might be. Uh, it's a reflection of the fact that God is a, a relational God. And, and he desires relationship with us. And 
And so I think it's crucial to understand that because you, you cannot possibly hope to have a healthy relationship, a healthy friendship, a healthy marriage, a healthy dating relationship if you don't have a, a strong relationship with Jesus. You know, I went to the chiropractor recently because I had a lot of things wrong with my neck and my shoulder and I was in so much pain. And um, when I was seeing the chiropractor, he was showing me how the base of our spine and our, our pelvis, our hip area, truly is the foundation point for our body. So if something is out of alignment there, it's gonna affect every other area. And, and so the first thing they looked at was, was looking at the bottom of the spine and the, and the pelvis, because uh, Jonathan Meltzer told me they, they call it like a china bowl. If it's tipping forward, something's gonna be pouring out. And if it's tipping backwards, something's gonna be pouring out that needs to be in alignment. And um, it's the foundation of our body. And so I was having some major pain in my shoulder and some major pain in my neck. But what had happened was my, my pelvis was out of alignment. And I just thought that is such a picture of relationships because at the end of the day, the foundation of every relationship that we have has to be founded in Jesus. It has to be founded in a relationship with Jesus. Because if that is in alignment, it doesn't mean that sometimes you're not going to sleep funny and get a crick in your neck. And it doesn't mean that sometimes you might not pinch something in your shoulder. But if that is in alignment, if, if the foundation is strong, we can work with that. And so I just want to take a moment and just acknowledge that maybe there's some of you in this room and, and maybe you've never started a relationship with Jesus. You know, maybe you just came to church because you heard we were going to talk about marriage and sex and dating and you're like, yeah, I'll go for that. And awesome. I'm so thrilled you're in the room, but I just want to encourage you. I, I don't think it's by accident that you're here. You, we have a loving God who pursues us and he's pursuing you and, and wants relationship with you to set that foundation strong. And so if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I, I want to give you that opportunity. And, and honestly, maybe you're here. And if you, if you were real with yourself, you've been running from God and just trying to do things your own way. And it's time to come back. And so I just want to take a moment and invite everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you need to make a decision today to follow Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with me right now? Just in your own hearts between you and God, just simply say, dear God, I know that you're real. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for pursuing me. Today, I'm making the decision to follow you. And all around this room, if this is you, let these words be the cry of your heart. Just simply say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.